The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IONS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our return guest today is Mary Terhune, who described on last week's show some of the amazing revelations she's received from the other side. A number of years later, during a health challenge, Mary had an experience of nature's healing law of like cures like, after being introduced to the consciousness-based system of homeopathic, homeopathic medicine. Mary learned how to resolve areas in her consciousness that held the root of disease brought on by traumatic events in her early years. So in this period of pandemic, I'd like Mary to discuss what the homeopathic approach would be to dealing with the threat of COVID-19. Mary, welcome back to NDE Radio. Nice to be back with you, Lee. Thank you for Uh, having me again. Well, thank you for being here, and especially uh, the topic today. Uh, Tell us a little about how you got into homeopathy and um, how you relate it to this bigger picture that we're dealing with in the world. Yeah. Well, um, of course, I was trained as an RN and worked in that field for many years. And then uh, eventually I found my way into natural healing that began actually uh, with massage school. So I went to massage massage school for three years and then I uh, found out about Reiki and I became a Reiki master. And then, of course, I had these spiritual awakenings that you what we spoke about the last time. Um, this is all in my book, of course, Out of the Blue, yes. uh, which people can get from my website and from Amazon. And um, in 1998, I, uh, I was having a health issue, an actual health crisis, and my thyroid was failing. I was suffering from what's known as Hashimoto's th- uh, thyroid, where it's an autoimmune disease. And... Um, and it and at that point, I went to see an endocrinologist who put me on Synthroid, and it made me so ill that I knew I had to find another way. And that at this point, I knew that disease really began in emotions and traumas in one's life and then filtered down and showed up in the body. And I really wanted to understand why was I having this? What was the emotional reasons behind it. And more than that, please send me a practitioner of someone who could heal this so that I could understand it. And actually, actually said a, a strong prayer for this. And the very next day I went to work and I mentioned this to a colleague of mine and she turned around with a pamphlet in her hand and said, oh, well, then you're going to need homeopathy. And like, uh, I said, homeopathy? And he goes, she's Yes. So I look at the pamphlet and it says, the gentle mind-body medicine homeopathy. And it was uh, a pamphlet written by a nurse who was also a homeopath. And I thought, this is the answer. I know this is the answer. And so I immediately went over to the phone and called her up and set up an appointment. And before the appointment, she said, I'd like you to fill out a timeline of the never well since events in your life starting with in utero, when your mother was pregnant with you. 
And I thought, well, this is a very interesting system of medicine. I've never been asked to do this before. And so never well since events or anything like, oh, well, I was never well since my dog died and my reaction to my dog dying. Or I was never well since when I was young, I had to move and change schools. Or I was never well since that vaccine. Or I was never well since uh, I fell and hit my shoulder or, or whatever it was. Whatever the never well since, or and then later in life, I was never well since that breakup, or I was never well since my divorce. Or so these never well since events have impacts on your energy and are are stored there unless they're resolved. And so when I looked at, when I asked my mother, what did anything happen while you were pregnant with me? She said, Oh yeah. When you were, when I was eight months pregnant with you, you uh, my mother died, and my mother and I were yeah. best friends, and so she said it was extremely traumatic for me. So she lost her mother, and so I was imprinted as an infant with this grief or with this loss, and so then I when I looked at the timeline in my life throughout my life, I saw that I had all these grief events surrounding relationships, losses. And I thought, wow, this is powerful. So I went back and had the full interview um, with the uh, homeopath. And she gave me a remedy. And she said, now, go home, take this remedy. It was in a water bottle. She goes, just take one teaspoon of it in your mouth. Just one. I go, okay, fine. So I'm standing at the kitchen sink. And I take one teaspoon of this and all of a sudden my whole consciousness leaves my body and I go out into to this void and all of a sudden I see this twinkling like a little like a little star twinkling and it was moving this way and I thought, oh, that's the energy that's stuck, that grief. There it is. It's right there. And then all of a sudden I see another twinkling star that matches this star and I realize that's the remedy. That's the remedy coming. And, and it, when they both hit, it exploded. Like cures like. I was downloaded with a complete understanding of how homeopathy worked as consciousness. That wherever you're stuck in your consciousness, it's an energy, and you need a similar energy like that from nature through the innate law that's within our being of like cures like, that the, your state is matching the state of the remedy, and when these two hit, things explode. And it, it, it like cures like, that's the beginning of your healing. And then immediately I came back into my body and I understood the significance of this. Of course, I had my, my training as a registered nurse. And so I immediately understood the difference between how we treat things that way in the Western model and this homeopathic model. And I called up the, um, the homeopath, and I said, I have to study this. Uh, I just had this experience. I understand how it works. And she goes, well, it, it, well, you're very fortunate because in three months, one of the best homeopaths, a doctor, Dr. Luke DeShepper, is going to come to Boston, and he's going to teach for three years. You want to study with him? Yes. And so that was the beginning of this remarkable, remarkable journey and a complete paradigm shift uh, in approaching how one deals with symptoms that you have. And, uh, and of course, at this time now, of course, that homeopathy I would come to know 
was once practiced, homeopathic medicine was once practiced in the United States back in it that began in 1825 and it uh, uh, was gaining so much popularity uh, into 1900s um, that conventional medicine was quite worried about its competition and it wasn't happy with it, but it was on a roll and it was becoming very popular, especially because it was so um, efficacious in all epidemics, including the 1918 Spanish flu a pandemic where, you know, 50, 500, however, 100 million people or more died. And um, at any rate, um, the, I would come to understand that this history, that the reason that homeopathic medicine was removed from our medical schools, where it was once taught, it, we had it in over 250 hospitals, doctor's offices, it was becoming extremely popular. And the, way, the reason that it was removed is because the Rockefellers, who Rockefeller Sr., who loved homeopathy and used it, and his he had homeopaths treating his family, that he, of course, he owned Standard Oil. And he was a, a baron. I mean, he had millions and millions of dollars, and he was very yes, interested yes. in forming his own medical institute. But his son, Rockefeller Jr., was against homeopathy, as it turns out. And, and his cohorts were against homeopathy, too, because they were on the side of just traditional conventional medicine. Not that you can't have both. I believe you can have both. But you have to keep both, too. So um, what happened was Rockefeller Sr., he was interested in giving money to homeopathy and funding it in equal amounts. But... Uh, his and but he didn't want to have to deal with it. He didn't want to have to do it himself. So he gave the money to his his son, and his son did not fund homeopathy. Instead, they created a panel, um, and issued a Flexner report, uh, saying that because they couldn't understand how homeopathy worked, they were going to remove it from the medical system, and they made certain of it because if you were a medical doctor and you tried to practice it, they would take your license away. And if you continued, they would throw you in jail. Mm. So that's how homeopathy was was removed from our medical system. Now, uh, at that time, of course, Rockefeller, they, of course, owning Standard Oil, what they did was they looked at the structure of these plants that homeopathy, that's how homeopathy, homeopathy is based on getting remedies from plants and minerals. So... The chemist who, in the standard oil and the petrochemical field, um, looked at the structure of these plants and then created synthetic structures made from petrochemicals, and and they could patent them and make tons of money. And in homeopathic remedies, you can't patent them, you can't make tons of money. But what you can do is you can heal the people. Yes. Yeah. So, homeopathy works on the law of like cures like, and it's a living medicine, and conventional medicine, synthetic drugs, they're not living drugs. Therefore, because they're on a material level, they're made on a material level, they, they act by the law of suppression, which creates chronic disease because you're never really healing anything. You're just pressing it deeper to get rid of some symptoms, but then you end up with others. Mm -hmm. So, and, and of course, let me, I just want to say up front, we need our trauma medicine. We need trauma medicine. We have to have both, but we need to, because you can see all hospitals are built mainly on trauma medicine and we need them. 
And we can't be flooding them with people who've got colds and flus and, and symptoms like this, serious symptoms that get into trouble. We need to have our preventive medicine back. And that's what homeopathy provides. It, it, it's, the remedies are not on, on a material level, they're on a dynamic level. And they, they work with the consciousness, they're consciousness-based. So this, this very, uh, it's a different model that works with a different law. And we need really to restore that back into our system so that our trauma centers can be there for our traumas and need, needed surgeries and, and accidents and things like that and serious things. And we need to have our preventative medicine so that they can work side by side with each other. And I do believe, uh, uh, you know, as, as I, I mentioned in the last interview I did with you, the, we are evolving now. Humanity is evolving from a, an egoic material structure connection to our divine nature or our dynamic um, spiritual nature. And we're realizing that consciousness doesn't live in the body. Consciousness lives outside the body and informs the cells of the body. And in fact, there's a physicist at MIT, uh, I think Max Tegmark is his name, who wrote an article called "Consciousness as an as a as a state of ma as another state of matter." So uh -huh. they're recognizing, they're studying now consciousness to try to figure out what is that consciousness anyway. Well, you know, science and spirituality are coming together here, and we're realizing that they're not separate; they're one and the same. I hope that, I hope that happens, happens soon. soon. <laughs> yes, and that. And so we are, as an evolving humanity, it's natural that homeopathy will be brought back because we're going to see now why we need it. And we're, we're coming into remembering that we are, have a dynamic nature called uh, divinity or consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Even if you're an agnostic, you can know that's, you know. You can believe that there is a different, is a dynamist, whether you, whether you want to call it God or not. Yes. But yeah. that nature is our nature, and that informs all the cells and informs the body, giving it this appearance of life. So, um, at this time, you know, as I mentioned, homeopathy has has been efficacious and became popular in all the epidemic epidemics, including cholera, smallpox, polio, all of these epidemics in the Spanish flu and all the flus. It, you know, in the Spanish flu, the conventional medicine lost 28% of their population. The homeopaths lost less than 1%. Have they Have taken, they taken a, a position on um, COVID-19? And what sort of light, what sort of yeah. And so what sort of like would go with the, the like of COVID-19? Right. So they, a homeopath doesn't look at the virus or the germ. A homeopath looks at your reaction, you as a person, your reaction to this, this energy of the virus. And so it's looking at your inner terrain. So some people have symptoms, some people don't have symptoms. Why? because your inner terrain is different, that's why. And so we look at the symptom picture. We don't look at killing a virus or killing a bacteria at all. Homeopathic medicine is not designed for that. Homeopathic medicine looks at your symptom picture, 
your mental, physical, emotional state. And in these, you know, and in these uh, flu-like symptoms, you don't feel just sick inside your body. Your mind feels sick and you have chills and you feel achy all over. And so there are certain remedies that match that. And when you give it, things are resolved on the dynamic level. And then the and then your immune system is strong and you no longer are susceptible to these viruses and bacteria that are around all the time. And so, yes, there are certain remedies. There's a sort of like a handful of remedies that they're looking at. And when you have these large, you know, pandemics or epidemics, you're looking for what's known as the genus epidemicus, you know, a particular remedy or maybe a couple of remedies that are effective to match the symptom picture that people are actually experiencing. Like for example, the remedy gelsemium has the symptom picture of feeling run over by a truck and your eyes, you can't keep yourself upright. You have to lay down, your legs are weak. You ache all over, you're so exhausted. You feel like you're hit like a truck. You have chills that run up and down your spine and you have a, a fever and maybe a headache. And that's a gelsemium reaction that you are having to this disharmony of, of this particular particular virus. You know, so homeopathy doesn't look at killing the virus or killing, it doesn't look at it that way. It's not a germ theory of disease. It's a dynamic theory. It's a whole different paradigm. And as I mentioned, we're moving out of the material paradigm of, of medicine in that way. And we're looking at this energetic paradigm or consciousness-based system. And so it's a very different system. So it, you can see the, you know, from the beginning, there was always this struggle between conventional and, and homeopathic medicine. And of course, conventional medicine, you know, basically they're raised to tell you that there's nothing in these homeopathic remedies. How can they work? Well, it's the dynamic level that we're talking about. And so it so, sounds but we do we do need to have both systems. You know, I'm not saying you throw right. out one. I'm saying add this, add this in, add this back. So it sounds to me like you're saying that the uh, physical immune system that we have also has a psychological and a spiritual aspect to it that hasn't been served by Western medicine. Yes, and in fact, so when the homeopathic remedies, when you take them, you're restored mentally, emotionally, and physically. It touches the whole being because you're treating the person that has these symptoms that's speaking to a disharmony that is not, is not able to deal with this imbalance. So it's a well, whole different modality. It's a different now, language. Yes. Now, when you have an epidemic like the Spanish flu of 1918 or COVID-19 today, it sounds like lots and lots and lots of people are suffering from the same uh, yes. condition. Yes. Uh, which, uh, so there should be a, a treatment for all of us. And I'm not yes. talking about a vaccine. I'm talking about a, yes. a, a spiritual, so psychological have, restoration. So there's a handful of remedies. In the time of the Spanish pandemic flu, it was mainly bryonia and gelsemium. Bryonia dealt with the dry cough and prevention of pneumonia, and gelsemium dealt with the chills and fevers and aches and pains. 
So those were the two biggest ones that were used. Now, uh, you'll recognize that these symptoms that people have are very common symptoms of flu-like things. Dry coughs, pneumonia, if it goes that way. Chills, exhaustion, fever. And there's another remedy called upatorium perfoliatum, which, which is an extreme reaction to the these uh, flu-like symptoms where your temperature can go way high, 104 or so, and you can have rigors where you're just shaking. Everything is shaking all over. That's different than a gelsemium reaction to the flu, right, to the virus. This is, this is a shaking, and this is aches and pains like you feel like your bones are breaking. And so some people have that reaction. But there's usually like a handful of remedies that will satisfy any type of pandemic or epidemic that are common, that are common experiences that people have. So there's about about five different remedies that will cover, depending upon where you live, you know, the temperature where you live, the conditions of where you live, different parts of the country. So one part of the country, maybe the East Coast, it's mainly gelsemium. And maybe another part, it's mainly something else. Or maybe it's both remedies, Bionia and gelsemium. So it's, it depends upon, but they're common remedies that will usually handle most of the entire population. Mm. Arsenicum is another one, uh, is another flu, common flu and cold prevention remedy. So, you know, when I started out with in homeopathy, I used to get colds like every six months and I have to take antibiotics to deal with bronchitis. When I started being treated homeopathically, I never had that happen again. I never had bronchitis again, and I never needed antibiotics again because wow. it clears out and it restores. Not only is it it's not because it's not just a one-time thing; it's clearing out. It's clearing out your propensity or your miasmatic inherited load. So it clears out all of that to free up your immune system for good, that it can work for good, and that you know when the flu comes around, you may not get it as bad because you can take your remedy beforehand. So it acts as prevention and treatment of it to clear out that propensity or that weakness in you, these inherited traits that all of humanity has. So it's quite a very significant uh, system of medicine that's very different paradigm. And we're coming out of the old paradigms. You can see we're changing our paradigms of our financial paradigms. We're realizing, wait a minute, people need to have an income that's that's guaranteed. Um, and we're, we're looking at our educational system. We're going to be remodeling that system. We're going to be remodeling our food system, restructuring all of that. Our, our social system, the way we think about each other, the way we approach each other, not as uh, 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 from a duality, but a sense that there's enough for everybody. There's enough food. There's enough clothing. There's enough, there's enough of everything. And it just how are we living as a humanity and how, what's our relationship with nature? How are we treating mother nature? We have 53 traces of pharmaceuticals in our water supply. How are we treating our water supply? What about these fossil fuels dumping it into our water supply? We're poisoning ourselves, and we realize this earth can, we cannot survive on this earth the way we're going. And of course the, the, um, this is a time of a tremendous evolutionary change in humanity, moving from egoic structure into their spiritual structure, and will create 
uh, from abundance and lack and no fear. It's going to be created out of love versus the fear of, uh, of the egoic structure. So we're in this huge, huge change. And of course, the, as I mentioned, the astrologers are talking about this, these tremendous changes happening, these planetary, powerful planetary changes and where we're moving uh, out of the uh, more dense earth type of fossil fuels and drugs and more into a lighter into Aquarius now it's a much lighter energy and it's dynamic and it's consciousness based and it's not material based and it's a different paradigm it's the old paradigms are going to want to hang on they're going to want to attack the new paradigms and say no that's not that's not the way it is no <laughs> you're wrong of course is this pull and how much we can evolve quickly as humanity will govern how much we will suffer essentially so we're going through an enormous, this has never happened on earth before. And the, the knowledge that I was given that here is your divinity, the divinity that awaits all mankind, we're moving into becoming um, what's known as Jivan Muktas. Jivan is a body and Mukta is liberation. So liberation from the physical body into uh, knowing and experience our divine nature as, as, as divine and that everyone is divine and that we... We will create out of that love, out of knowing there is tremendous abundance and out of joy. But in the meantime, this we're being challenged like never before. And Mother Nature has given us her wake-up call. And under no circumstances, or we'll be going back to the old ways. We just won't. And you see COVID-19 as playing a role in that? Yes. I mean, Mother Nature is talking to us, saying, and... Not only that, but, um, you know, as I mentioned, we're part of Mother Nature. We are in nature, and this law of like, here's like is in our being. And so we are sort of asking, saying we can't live this way. We have to do something different. So this change is coming from inside us. Not, it's not happening to us. It's happening from us, whether we're aware of it or not. You know, we've been preparing for this over the past 15 years, as I mentioned, through learning how to meditate, go inside and contemplate, learning yoga, learning um, that, uh, that everyone is equal. Uh, Eckhart Tolle's wonderful book, A New Earth, where he spoke about a new earth and a new, a new, a new being that we're giving birth to inside ourselves. He speaks of that so beautifully. And of course, he goes around the world talking about presence. And this is what he's talking about is this divine dynamic presence that's living in the moment of the now which is eternity that's our eternal nature so the now is is a, a state of being not just not a time it's a state of being it's mm. beyond time and it's beyond fear then it comes into love yeah so you would recommend probably that people who are stuck at home probably bored and <laughs> watching too much television mm. should take some time and meditate and yeah, I mean, this might be a great opportunity rather than a, an imprisonment. Yes, it's I call it a retreat. That's that it's a, re, it's a good a way to put it. <laughs> or, as some would say, uh, you know, a, a great time to imbibe the grace that's there for us. And, you know, you can just meditate on your breath. Just close your eyes and watch the breath go in and out and meditate on the space between the breath breaths. That space is the now. That space is our divine essence. And that's what happened to me when uh, 
I, I awakened the first time. It's like my mind stopped. I could no longer think one bad thought. And in that moment, that space of divinity opened. And that's when I had the visitation from, of course, the Master Jesus. And then it, then it unfolded in that when I met a monk as well. So, Yes, you yeah. said it was, I think, the space between thoughts that is important. The space between thoughts is the same space between breaths. It is the space of the now. It doesn't contain the past where you're worried or the future where you're worried. It's the space of the now. And in the now, everything is in divine order. And there's love in that now. It's beyond the anxiety state. And so the more we delve deep into this in ourselves, the more we can connect with it. It's in us. It's already in us. We just have to remember, remember who we are. And this is the great awakening now. And the Hopis talk about it. The Cherokees talk about it. The Cherokee Nation talks about it. Uh, the Peruvian shamans are talking about this time. It's the great turning of humanity. It's the great awakening of humanity. And it's, it's the, they call it the, the rainbow people, the rainbow, the chakras awakening and discovering this corona of light around our head called divinity it's interesting that this virus has when they look at it the structure it has this corona of light around it and so uh it's that's very interesting yes i thought that myself yes. uh, uh everyone else relates it to the brand of beer called corona yes <laughs> but i i think way. i think <laughs> that light around your head is really uh, uh an interesting a name for a disease. Yes. Mary, we are just about out of time, uh, and I want to, again, leave you time to talk about your website and your book. Yes, my website is maryterhune.com. So it's Mary, and then T-E-R-H-U-N-E.com. My book is Out of the Blue. It's published by Hay House. It's also on Amazon. And Wayne Dyer wrote a little note on the back, that said uh, that I wrote the best description of self-realization that he's ever read, ever read in 30 years. And he's also, uh, audio of him reading from the section on, on self-realization is on my website. It's a very special thing that he left for us. It's, it was very moving to hear his voice. And, it is. Uh, it's, it's wonderful. Uh, and I would tell every listener they should go to your website and look for that. It's right, it's right at the beginning of the website. It's right at the top. And, Listen, Raymond, yeah, and Raymond Moody wrote the forward. Ray, Raymond Moody, of course, we all know him. Oh, yes. Life After Life <laughs> wrote it. Famous Raymond Moody. He wrote a beautiful uh, forward for me. I met him. We became friends. And Yeah. So. Yes. A couple summers ago, he came up to a camp in Maine, uh, a spiritualist camp, and, oh, and, I, and lectured there for a week. And I was over there visiting him quite a lot. He's, he's a great guy. He's a sweet man. He is. He is. Sweet. Well, Mary, thank you so much. Um, I'm sorry we are out of time. We could go on like this all afternoon, but I'm so glad you could come back to be on the second week show. And for those listeners who did not catch last week's show, be sure to go back into our past shows and and uh, and look for your discussion of all the enlightenment, the experiences that you had from 1984 on. Let me remind also the listeners, I dubbed you all telephone chaplains out there a couple weeks ago. Don't forget to keep using your phone or social media and check out 
those folks who you think might benefit from having someone to talk to, give them a call. And if they'd like to learn more about NDEs, if that comes up in your conversation, recommend our new IONS NDE radio app to them. They can just go to the App Store or Google Play to download, and they're free. And uh, thanks to Ken Root, who did a wonderful job designing them. Please stay home, stay well, and until next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, this is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening. <laughs>